Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapter. Here you will find practical tips for your agricultural classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from Oklahoma State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and visit our webpage at owlpelletsforag.wordpress.com. That's owlpelletsforag, all one word, .wordpress.com. This week, the Owl Pellets crew talks with Dr. Nathan Connor from the University of Nebraska at Lincoln about internationalizing our curriculum. Nathan talks about what is it, why is it important, and how do we do it, even without hopping on a plane. This episode is jam-packed full of practical tips on how to engage our students about the international aspects of agriculture. So on to the interview. Nathan, thanks for being here with us today talking about internationalizing our courses. Um, just to kind of get us started, can you, what, what do you mean when you say internationalizing our courses? What are we talking about here today? When we're talking about internationalizing courses, we want to do things in our classroom that bring the outside world closer to your students. You're bringing different aspects of international agriculture, international agriculture concepts, different aspects of culture from people around the world to your students in your classroom so that they're able to understand people from around the world and so that they're able to interact with people that they meet in future careers as well as in their personal lives. So as a teacher right here in Arkansas, some of my students have never even seen the ocean or care to really. Um, should I really be caring about international ag if my students don't have any aspirations of actually getting out past Arkansas? I mean, is that a thing I need to even be worried about? Yeah, I think that's something that every teacher should consider because even if your students have never been to the ocean or out of a particular state, they're going to have opportunities in their life, even if it's within their home counties or their home states, to interact with other people. They're going to um, watch the news in media, and they're going to learn about international trade in some of their careers, and they're going to need a basic understanding of how things take place in other parts of the world because we live in a small world, and it affects people in the United States as well as people from around the world. If we say here that, yeah, it's important, and if we see a lot of state standards and a lot of our things talk about wanting to internationalize in a global society, what are some learning experiences that you could use or that a teacher could use to internationalize their courses? What does this look like in my classes? I think when you think about it at first, you need to start pretty small. Our minds often go to, oh, I need to create a study abroad program where I take my high school students to another country. That's all great in theory, but as we know, that costs a lot of money, so funding is a potential barrier, and it takes a lot of time, and it takes the teacher away from the other students in the classroom if it's during the school year. So some of the things that research suggests is that start by bringing in different video clips, maybe they're YouTube clips, 
from international practices that are taking place in different countries. Maybe compare and contrast them through discussions with your students um, and use the U.S. and that particular country as a frame of reference. You could write or find case studies where your students get to analyze a case study that focuses on the culture of another country or the international ag practices, whether it is with production agriculture or international trade. You could also try to find a guest speaker that's local that could come into your classroom and talk about international agriculture that's taking place in a specific country. And the cool thing you can do today, because of the internet, if there's not a speaker in your local area, it should be fairly easy to contact a speaker from around the world and Skype them into your classroom. So maybe you can find a speaker that lives in another country, that works in another country, and bring them into the classroom. Another idea is to use uh, pen pals. Find a, a science class or an agriculture type class in another country and allow your students to do various types of projects together um, through the internet, whether it's um, writing letters to each other or maybe they're each working on a particular project in class and they Skype once or twice a month and they compare results of that particular project. That can really look however the teacher wants. It can be done with whatever content that the teachers agree upon. So those are some simple things you could do. Um, another thing that I just thought of is you can go online and find reusable learning objects that um, have been designed to bring culture and agricultural concepts um, into your classroom. And that many of these reusable learning objects have been designed around a particular country. So those could come into your classrooms and your students could work through those reusable learning objects or modules. So I'm going to throw a toughie here at you, Dr. Connor. <laughs> um, I would get a little nervous as I'm thinking about, um, you know, internationalizing my classroom and exposing my students to different cultures when they may not have much of that experience thus far in their lives. I think it's a real positive thing, but can um, there's a lot of uncertainty there when you when you expose students to different cultures that they may not be used to, but that um, that they may unintentionally um, insult or offend when they're communicating with someone, I, I, it brings to mind um, if you've ever watched The Office where Michael Scott has like a diversity day and single-handedly offends like every single group that he is trying to highlight as a, as a, a diverse part of their culture. Um, so do you have any tips or how would I navigate that as a teacher? If I'm wanting to bring in a guest speaker from somewhere um, international that works somehow in international ag, how can I prepare my students to make sure that um, they are open to learning about a new culture and a new way of, of diversifying ag in an international way without um, accidentally offending anybody or, or saying something that, uh, that I might, as a teacher, um, not want to get into? Yeah, that, that's a great point, and it can be very challenging or intimidating and scary to do that. I think as a teacher, one of the first things you need to do is help your students figure out what defines their personal culture, because sometimes 
we aren't aware of our traditions, our norms, our culture, and it's hard to identify what another individual's is, especially if they're from a um, different background and different country, if we can't um, identify our culture or our norms or our traditions. One of the things that you might consider doing before you bring in a guest speaker is if you can have your students work with age, uh, students that are similar in age, high school students from another country, have them write letters to each other, or better yet today, have them video chat and have them actually create questions about how they do things in that particular country and questions that are related to the, that culture. I find, and I've seen this done in some high school ag programs, where when the teacher lets the student communicate with a, uh, someone of their own age from another country, they're pretty um, open about the questions they ask. And they're not as nervous about making a mistake or asking a, a potentially embarrassing question because the person they're talking to is their age. And it's not a guest speaker that maybe the high school student thinks has some important job and that they might offend. It's a peer. Right. So you could start by having them just interact with someone their own age from another country. Then that will prepare them for that guest speaker, and they won't be as nervous asking the speaker questions when they're um, being Skyped in. So, Nathan, when we, we talk about this, you know, you can't open up the ag news of any sort without, you know, some sort of story about import, export, some country not doing this, some country doing these sort of things, or especially here in Florida, invasive species, different pests coming in, learning more about the different cultures and, um, you know, a lot of, com a lot of uh, competitive markets around the, around the country. So what is the difference or is there a difference when you talk about internationalizing your curriculum rather than just talking about the global ag markets and those sort of things? Is there a difference there? Because, I mean, I can think about a time when, you know, we talk about soybean prices, the you know, the soybean crop in Brazil is impacting the prices of the United States, understanding the different cultures there. How or is that different than just the regular internationalizing the curriculum that we're, we're wanting to see here in our ag programs? Well, the word internationalize and globalize in the research literature has similarities and differences, and I don't think we need to get into all of those here in this conversation today. But when we think about internationalizing it, we want to bring the world into the classroom. We want to open up the world to the students. I think it's pretty easy to nitpick the definition of certain words because different people have different meanings for particular words. But I think we want our students to be able to understand that the world is connected and that everything we do in the field of agriculture affects somebody, someone, some company, individuals in another country, especially within the agricultural sector, but and beyond because we are feeding a growing population. And the decisions that are made in foreign policy and trade are international of nature and do not just affect people in Nebraska or people in Florida or Arkansas or whatever state in the United States, but it affects people around the world. So if I am a teacher that now wants to include some sort of international component in my classroom, and I, of course, have to make sure that I'm staying with those state standards as well, and there might not be one that says, like, international stuff. So how are there any particular concepts or ideas that if I'm looking to um, internationalize my classroom that might be low-hanging fruit 
any particular well, techniques? Yeah, I think um, some of the research we've conducted identified some categories and concepts that I think can be put into many of the standards in most states. For example, you could pick the category of production, business, culture, environment, or global awareness. And for example, with production, you could talk about the challenges of food distribution. You could talk about global usage of genetically modified organisms. You could talk about food security issues in different countries. And all those would fall under that production category. If you were more interested in culture, you could talk about the cultural effects on trade, cultural effects on marketing, because some products are um, used and consumed by others in other countries where other countries wouldn't consider purchasing it because it goes against their cultural norms. If you want to focus on the environment, you could look at the global role of water use in agriculture because that's a worldwide issue that we're currently um, trying to figure out. So I would start by identifying the content that you want to cover, finding a place in your state standards that you're required to use, and going from there. And just start small. Try to maybe input a case study around one of those particular content areas. Maybe try to get a guest speaker and just do one thing at a time so you do not overwhelm yourself or your students, especially if you have students that are nervous, apprehensive, or don't see the value in learning about other countries. Well, I think that's that's really important, Nathan, as you go through here. You know, I think what, what I'm hearing you saying is that to internationalize the curriculum is um, a whole lot more than just having them learn something, you know, throwing a, throwing a video clip or a film trip of some other country. It's really talking about that interaction. How does the culture there and the things that are going on across the globe are impacting them wherever they are in the world and how they are impacting other people around the world and uh, really learning about that that interaction. So this has been a great conversation and, and Nathan if I'm that teacher that has not done this yet but you've convinced me I've got to internationalize my curriculum what what would you suggest if I'm doing nothing right now what's the number one thing that I should I should plan on doing with my classes um, this next school year to help internationalize my curriculum, that first really simple step that I can move into? I think the first thing to do is if you're learning about production practices in the United States, pick one country and teach them about production practices in that country. And try to pick one that they do things a little bit different. Then maybe you want to pick one where they do things similarly and, and move on from there. I think often that cultural piece is, is critical but that's what often intimidates the students. So maybe if you start with that production piece, something they might have an easier time understanding, then move into the cultural component. Great stuff. Thanks. So I think what we're seeing, what we're seeing here is that you know we're not talking about completely scrapping and redesigning your entire curriculum in the classroom. It's about in interjecting and incorporating this idea of, of the international aspect of agriculture into your courses and helping our students uh, learn that. So Nathan, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been a great conversation. I look forward to learning more from the, the infographic online and seeing how we're going to be able to internationalize our curriculum and hopefully our teachers will share their ways of doing this uh, through our social media posts. So thanks a lot. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the Razorback Ag Academy at the University of Arkansas. One of the jobs of an ag teacher is to prepare students for their callings later in life. And for some of our students, that calling Kenman College, which we all know comes with a pretty hefty price tag. Which is why I want to share with you the Razorback Ag Academy. 
The University of Arkansas created the Razorback Ag Academy through the College of Agricultural, Food, and Life Sciences, specifically for high school ag students like yours. Instead of paying thousands for tuition, your students can enroll in online courses like Intro to Animal Science and Foundations of Agricultural Education for $39. The best part? They can enroll right now as high school students. If you're interested in learning more about offering the University of Arkansas's Razorback Ag Academy to your students, I'd love to talk to you about it. You don't even have to be local. It's all online. Just contact me, Kate Shoulders. My contact info is listed in the details of this podcast. You want to help your students prepare for their life after graduation, and the University of Arkansas wants to help you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets. Tips for Ag Teachers.